Welcome to the Fantasy Football Fellowship Podcast, a show that brings meaning and purpose to the fantasy season. It's our hope to help you win your league, but more importantly, we want to encourage you in your faith. Together, we'll unpack fantasy, faith, and life. Now, from his mic to your ears, here is Bryce Johnson. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Fellowship Podcast. I'm Bryce Johnson. No, I'm not a fantasy expert. I'm more of a fantasy coach here to encourage you and help you win and find meaning and purpose throughout the fantasy season. I won't always be right, but I hope I'll be convincing as I share my thoughts on the fantasy football season and players to look out for players to cut players that were surprised are doing well surprised we're doing bad we'll discuss it all as we reflect on week two and turn our attention toward week three overall the NFL season has been fantastic and I am loving what we're seeing on the field and so then when it comes to fantasy it's already been wild we, we are seeing so many injuries left and right, and so that really was the theme of Week 2. It was a tough week to watch because big name after big name was going down. And, and today on the show, I don't want to spend a ton of time dwelling on the, the players that are out and, and, and especially players that you're wondering if they're going to play or not. The best way to to keep up with that is to read the latest news. And so, of course, you got to get updates, uh, notifications on your phone and and all that kind of thing. So here on the show, we want to do different segments and and have some fun talking fantasy football. This is a new show. It's part of Unpacking It Ministries and and the Unpacking It podcast. And so this is our our special fantasy uh, show that that we've, we've just got up and running and so we're, we're still tweaking some things and and would love to have your feedback and so you can email me fantasy at unpackingit.com at the end of each podcast i will share a, a a portion of the book that that we wrote it's called fantasy football fellowship uh playbook and and so in it we we take biblical concepts relate them to fantasy football or fantasy football related to the bible and, and basically it's designed for your league to use throughout the season or if you want to use the book individually to be encouraged, to find inspiration, to be challenged in your faith while reading about fantasy football as well. So uh, I encourage you to check out the book, fantasyfootballfellowship.com, and, and I'll share a little bit about the, the, the book and this week's topic at the end as we discuss surprising performances. But Let's jump right into the first segment we do, and we will do this each week. It is our accountability segment because accountability is important in fantasy and in life. And so I will share where I've been wrong with my predictions and opinions and analysis. And I have to begin with Carson Wentz and the Philadelphia Eagles because going into the year, I was convinced that he was going to be a top eight quarterback this year, and he's gotten off to a really slow start. And so far, I have been wrong, and I'm having to play Ben Roethlisberger instead of him uh, in one of my leagues. And so I'm not willing to cut him or or jump ship on him, but 
the injuries continue to be an issue with the wide receivers and they've got to get Miles Sanders going even more and and really relying on him to open up everything else. Uh, But Wentz has to be reliable and and get back to the glimpses that we've seen in years past of how good he can be but he's not there yet so so far he's hurting fantasy teams especially those teams that drafted him a little bit earlier and then also I've been wrong about Devin Singletary again I'm not ready to give up on him I made a huge mistake in my first draft my most important draft of the year I took Devin Singletary right before Jonathan Taylor so I chose Devin Singletary over Jonathan Taylor. And of course, uh, you know, I didn't know at the time that Marlon Mack would get injured, but that, that mistake or that decision is, as of now, costing me dearly, and it's hard for me to even think about or hear the name Jonathan Taylor. I, I can't even watch Home Improvement with Jonathan Taylor Thomas. That's how bad it is. So uh, even though he is good and uh, I'll be home for Christmas, I'll, I'll hopefully be able to watch that when Christmas comes around. But Nonetheless, Jonathan Taylor is really good, and he's probably a, a top five, top ten running back the rest of the way for the Colts. I, I am really high on the Colts, but I, I whiffed on, on not taking Taylor and, and going with Singletary. However, Singletary is still good, and as long as he's healthy, there, there will be games where Buffalo will, will rely on him. I, I believe it. And so let, let's see how that offense evolves as the season goes on. They've been relying on Allen heavily, but they might go back to the run game a little bit more and, and I still like Singletary with Moss there. Both there, there's, there's a spot for both of them. I was wrong, so you can hold me accountable on that. And then also last week uh, I talked, you know, oh, Joe Mixon isn't going to have a bounce-back game. Cooper Cup's going to have a bounce-back game. Neither of them did, and so through two weeks I'm, I'm kind of wrong on both of those guys. I like both of them as players and fantasy players. So far it has been uh, an issue with them reaching their potential and, and, and where they were drafted and how good they should be hasn't happened yet. Still hanging on, so hold me accountable, but I'm not giving up on either one of them. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see how they do in, in week three. So that's where I've been wrong. Here's where I, uh, I think I'm on to something. So, so the question becomes, did you listen? Did you listen when I said that the Saints will let you down this year? Now, Alvin Kamara is awesome. He, he's, as long as he's healthy, he's still one of the top backs. So if you have him, you're fine. But when it comes to Drew Brees, when it comes to the receiving core, and now Mike Thomas is out, the Saints are letting you down. And I am not on board. I'm on, I'm, I've already been off the bandwagon of Drew Brees. Now everybody else is also jumping off the bandwagon. I tried to warn you. But uh, that's where we stand. The Steelers, were you listening? I was high on the Steelers going into this year and all their weapons on offense. Deontay Johnson, let's go. Juju, you know, th- these guys are weapons. James Conner, put him out there. He'll play through a little banged-up injury. Uh, he's still good. So I'm, I'm loving the Steelers. And Ben Roethlisberger has been a very solid quarterback. And he's a top-10 guy for, for you know, heading into this week and, and weeks to come. Uh, we should still be able to rely on him and, and that passing game and just that overall offense. Then also, did you listen? Nikhil Harry, hold me accountable. I thought that he would take over the number one spot in New England eventually from Julian Edelman. Now, Edelman had a huge game against Seattle. So so right now, Edelman's still the guy. But here comes Nikhil Harry. He's moving his way up. He had a really nice game against Seattle. And you can, if you watch him play, you can see the talent. And if you listen to Cam Newton, 
He talks highly uh, about Nikhil Harry. There is a connection there. There, there. there are opportunities there as well as Cam Newton is playing. He's going to get his receivers involved. After that first week where we saw so much you know, running going on, we saw the Patriots open it up a little bit more. That opens up the door for Nikhil Harry, and that has me excited. Also, uh, I'm not the only one to, to, to be on this bandwagon, but did you listen? Dallas Goddard. I, I was high on him, uh, thought he'd be consistent as a contributor this year, and so far he's been solid. Now again, Wentz has to get going for him to reach his potential, but he had eight targets last week, which was more than Zach Ertz, and so through two weeks he's got more targets than Zach Ertz, which is concerning for Ertz fans and, and fantasy owners for him, uh, but, but Dallas Goddard, he's, he's talented. Again, if you watch him, he's good. And, and I think with the contract situation with Ertz, too, they're going to try to get the most out of Goddard. But ultimately, I would say both of those guys can be weapons because the wide receiving core, wide receiver core, wide receiving core is, uh, is a little weak, especially with some injuries in Philly. All right, next up, I got to share some of my personal fantasy shenanigans from the week. Here at Fantasy Football Fellowship, we have the FFF 32 League. 32 teams, 32 you know, individual fantasy rosters that, that are exactly the same as the NFL team. So I am the LA Chargers. That is my team. And of course, this week, I started Tyrod Taylor, anticipating that he would be the guy, not even thinking that he would be out. And then here comes Justin Herbert getting the start. So I get a big zero on my... QB position for the Chargers, which was very disappointing because the Chiefs struggled. So in our league, the the team the schedule is the same in the NFL and in fantasy. So the Chargers, I was the Chargers, I was playing Steve, and, and he's the Chiefs. And and so I would have I still I still would have lost, but it would have been more interesting. It would have come down to the wire. But you hate to have a zero. Justin Herbert came in and played really well. And I, I will say this. I, I liked what I saw from Herbert, but we got to see it more. We, we can't. I, I don't want to jump to any conclusions with him. I lean more toward he caught the defense off guard. They weren't prepared for him. A, a lot of football is based on preparation and, and having play calls and, and guys in position to stop the, the quarterback. And when you throw a guy in that they, haven't, they don't have any game film on, no preseason, nothing. Uh, sure, college, but it's much different. I think the defense was caught off guard by that. So that's how the Chargers were able to, you know, make that game interesting, push it to overtime. But anyway, I, I, I'm bummed that, that Taylor was out and I uh, missed out on that. The number two shenanigan of the weekend. How many Zeke Elliott fantasy owners are out there? Well, I am one of them. There were three opportunities for the Cowboys just to hand off the ball to Zeke Elliott. But no, Dak Prescott was being selfish, and he took the ball in himself. It was very frustrating to watch. I lost that matchup. Uh, I, I ended up losing to my youngest brother. He had Cam Newton. and Because I could have gotten those three touchdowns. Come on, you give the ball to the running back. Let Zeke. Let him eat. Let him eat. So that was disappointing. So that was uh, very, very frustrating. Zeke's still awesome. Had a nice day. But it was, was it two or three? Two or three times. Dak rushed it in, and it was unbelievable. I was beside myself. The, the last shenanigan of the week. So I think it was like right before. I think it was Sunday morning. I ended up dropping Mike 
Gusecki from the Dolphins in one league, and I dropped Chris Thompson in the other league in order to pick up Mo Alley Cox, the tight end for the Colts. Now, Mo Alley Cox ended up having a really nice game. So I was psyched because it's always nice to get the the guy out of nowhere to have a big game into your in, on your roster. He was benched, but I at least picked him up. And so I was happy about that. But at the expense of Mike Gusecki, who finally has a huge game, who had a bigger game than Mo Alley Cox. And then Chris Thompson, of course, gets into the end zone. So it was just kind of one of those things like, oh, you got to be kidding me. But uh, but anyway, I'm glad I got Mo Alley Cox. So I'll keep him around. He didn't. He, I wasn't getting as much uh, love for him in some of the, the other fantasy analysts out there. I'm not an analyst. I'm a coach. But those guys out there, he was low on people's list. I've got him a little bit higher. I, I'm glad to have him on my roster, especially with Paris Campbell going down in Indy. Phillip Rivers, he'll find the tight end. Think about it. He had Antonio Gates, former basketball player all that time. Mo Ali Cox, former basketball player. There we go. Look out for him. Keep it going. Next segment. Some songs you like over the years, right? Maybe you won't admit it, but you like Ice Ice Baby, Vanilla Ice. What about MC Hammer, Can't Touch This? What do those have in common? One Hit Wonders. That's right. Here are some names of guys that got into the end zone this week. They did not help any fantasy teams, though. And we have to believe they are one hit wonders. They will not be back. But Robert Tunyon, Packers tight end, touchdown. Marvin Hall, one catch, one touchdown for the Detroit Lions. Freddie Swain, Seattle Seahawks, one reception, one touchdown. Jalen Richard, Las Vegas Raiders, got himself a touchdown. So those are our one-hit wonders of the week, and uh, makes me want to go listen to uh, a little Vanilla Ice. So uh, so there you go. Those are uh, some some one-hit wonders. Moving along. It's a fast-paced show. Hope you're enjoying it. Shoot me an email, fantasy at unpackingit.com. What players do you want me to discuss on this show? What topics? You let me know. Fantasy at unpackingit.com. But each week, I like to let you know what I'm convinced of, and I've got two for you this week. I am convinced the tight end position will make or break your fantasy season, and it will make or, make or break a lot of fantasy owners this year. And what's so fascinating so far is you know, we, we feel pretty confident that, that Travis Kelsey and George Kittle, it's those two and then everybody else. But we felt pretty good about Mark Andrews, Zach Ertz, maybe Darren Waller in that next category. I don't know what to make of the tight end position. Now it's just Kelsey. So we can trust Kelsey. He's great. Uh, both weeks he actually finished tight end number six in, in – uh, well, actually, in PPR, he was 4-5. and five, And then in standard, he was 6-6 six and six, uh, as far as total points for tight ends. But he's the number one guy right now. He's the one you can trust. Mark Andrews, who was awesome week one, nothing week two. Zach Ertz, who I've talked about, inconsistent. Then we got Tyler Higby, who out of nowhere, you know, kind of the first week, marginal, three receptions. And then this past week, he, he finished, finished his tight end one after three touchdowns. So is that going to continue? I'm not sure. I was wrong on him going into the year. I wasn't real high on him. Um, and so now we've got to keep our eye out for him. You know, how good can he be? And now with Hunter Henry, a, a guy that we thought might take a, another step forward into that, that second tier of tight ends, he hasn't, he hasn't gotten into the end zone yet. So he's eight targets, eight targets, 
five receptions, six receptions, first two weeks, but he hasn't gotten into the end zone. Is that a trend? Is that going to continue? Can Justin Herbert be the one to get him into the end zone and then make him even more valuable? But then, you know, some of the names going into the year, Mike Gesicki, TJ Hawkinson, John U. Smith, Noah Fant, you know, some of those guys, Hayden Hurst, they have emerged, right? So we're, we're feeling good about those guys playing well. And so if you've got one of those guys and you were able to get them late and they do have some consistency this year, you're going to feel good. But then here are some names that we, we still just don't know what to think, right? Uh, let, me, let me pull this up. Evan Ingram, you know, what's going to happen with the Giants now? They're, they're kind of a mess without Saquon Barkley. Eric Ebron, as much as I love the Pittsburgh offense, he hasn't gotten going yet. He, uh, he only had three receptions last week, one the first week. And so he hasn't taken off. O.J. Howard and Rob Gronkowski. What do we do with those two guys? The first week, O.J. Howard was involved, and then last week he had one reception. And Rob Gronkowski has done nothing. <gasps> nothing. When will he get hot? The talent's still there, but he has two receptions on the year. So will that continue? Uh, so anyway, so I'm just convinced the tight end position is really hard to figure out right now. I've got George Kittle, and he's injured, and he may not play this week and, and read the latest news on him, but very concerning with him. Thankfully, I've got TJ Hawkinson as a backup, and, and he's been good. But now with Kenny Galladay coming back, what does that mean for Hawkinson? Does he get less catches? My point is I would put some effort into figuring out your tight end position and, and basically give yourself options. You want to load up. I would even say having three tight ends, if you have a deep roster, is not a bad idea if you can snag them. You know, now Logan Thomas, he had a big first week and then fell off, but maybe you maybe guys will drop him and maybe you pick him up as your third guy, potentially. Um, Chris Herndon, we, he was kind of the darling going into this year as, as a potential sleeper. Pretty good first week, bad last week. How bad are the Jets? Can you trust anybody? So anyway, I could go on and on, but you, you see the, the point here. The tight end position, if you if you get somebody that can you can ride this year, you'll be in good shape. Like Darren Waller. Go find if you I, I think he's probably one that you can count on. Going into the year, I didn't believe that, but I, I've changed my tune on that. I, so I was wrong. Um I thought he'd take a step back, but I, I just think the young wide receivers with the Raiders, they're nice and they'll continue to develop, but Derek Carr showed he's gonna get a lot of people involved. But Waller will probably be the most reliable week in, week out. Number two, I'm convinced the Jaguars moved on from Leonard Fournette because they knew they had their running back of the future and the now. And it's James Robinson. Week two, 16 carries for 102 yards and a touchdown. And I'm convinced he's just getting started. They are going to utilize him even more. and. We may downplay the Jaguars, and they're not good enough, but let's face it, they just don't have a great defense. This offense has weapons. This offense is going to score points. Gardner Minshew, he's the guy. He's the man, right? So we can trust Minshew. He's going to keep things going, keep that offense going, and James Robinson will be the, the bell cow in Jacksonville. Sure, Chris Thompson got into the end zone, but James Robinson can catch the ball out of the backfield as well. He's a rookie. He's only going to get better. I'm all in on James Robinson. Unfortunately, I only have him on one team, but I'm starting him this week. I'm putting him in as my running back two this week uh, for the first time.
first time in the starting lineup. So excited about him. Uh, so I'm convinced that, that he's the real deal. All right, up next, our segment, Peace or Panic? Number one, Adam Thielen, three catches. Minnesota, struggling. But week one, he was awesome. Week one, he had a huge day, 30 points fantasy-wise. So I, I, I'm going to remain at peace about Thielen. I'm not giving up on the Vikings just yet. We, we, these guys have been there. Thielen, Cousins, Cook, we, we, we know what they're capable of. So I'm not giving up on Thielen just yet. Naheem Hines, week one, unbelievable on my bench. Week two, I put him into the starting lineup as a flex, one point. But I'm going I'm to remain at peace because, again, if you look at Phillip Rivers and his track record, he likes to throw it out of the backfield. And I, I don't think the, the Colts are going to ride Jonathan Taylor, please tell me now, all year long, right? He's not gonna. He's not gonna get every carry, every catch. So there's still room for Hines. If the Colts get down in games, Hines is still gonna be a weapon. We know how good he is. We saw it in Week One. He's not a one-hit wonder. He he was good last year. Um, and then I, I mentioned George Kittle. Peace or panic? It's panic because Garoppolo's banged up, and their running game. They're so deep at, run, at running back that they'll probably be fine. But if they continue to deal with injuries across the board. There's just a lot of there's a lot of uncertainty with the 49ers now. They might not play Kittle because of the field in New York, so there's some panic there. And and if now all of a sudden you start missing a couple games without him, I drafted him in the second round, so you're expecting big things out of Kittle, and it's not a good start. So a little panic there. Uh, Number four, Deshaun Watson. I I lean more toward the panic side. I'm not all the way there. I'm, I'm I'd say I'm in the middle. It's not so much that they lost the first two games. The Ravens and the Chiefs are better than the Texans. No surprise there. How do you replace DeAndre Hopkins? Will Fuller, big zero. He was in my starting lineup. That helped. Goodness. I mean, Will Fuller, I mean, awesome week one, bad week two. So who is Deshaun Watson going to throw to? Brandon Cook's had a pretty good game. Uh, they've utilized the tight end position a little bit. Kind of going uh, different guys, uh, Adkins and um, Fells. So, eh, okay. Uh, David Johnson's been okay. But, so that offense, to me, just isn't thriving like we, we hoped it would. I still believe Watson can get it together. They've shown in the past, too, the Texans can get hot. They can win a bunch in a row. They can bounce back from 0-2. This is not unfamiliar territory for them. But I just wonder, is the ceiling for Watson what it once was without Hopkins? Now, we should have factored that in heading into the season, and so he should have slipped a little bit in drafts, but we know how good and talented he is, and so we we wanted him on our rosters. Um, I actually don't have him, but but I love I mean, I love the guy. He's awesome, but it, there, there's some panic there. There is. Yeah, I, I can't recommend a, a buy-low situation with him, meaning you go try to trade for him. I, I just I don't, I don't think that's the best option. I really don't. Um, if you have him, ride it out. That would be, that would be the advice there. Uh, and then number five, uh, I've got a piece about DJ Shark. Uh, Shark. So Shark, Shark, whatever. Call him Shark. He's He's got the talent and Minshew, Mania. Uh, other guys have been involved. Keelan Cole. I still like Shark. And he hasn't had that big breakout game yet. There's some talk that this could be the week. And, and so I, 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 got, I got a piece about riding it out, thinking that he could still be, yeah, wide receiver one, you know, top wide receiver two on your fantasy team. So 
let, let's let's remain peaceful uh, or at peace with with DJ Chark. All right, let's talk waiver wire real quick. The the big names this week: Mike Davis, Dion Lewis, Devontae Freeman. Um, of course, with McCaffrey and and Barkley going down. Here, here's my deal. I didn't get any of those guys. Um, they, they might be fine, but with McCaffrey, he could come back this year. So Mike Davis has short-term value. If you're a McCaffrey owner, of course, go get him. That would be smart to do. Hopefully you had other backups and, and other options. This idea that Mike Davis is going to just replace McCaffrey. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's just going to get you know 25 touches and... 10 balls out of the backfield or whatever let's not be silly let's not be delusional and this happens in fantasy so often where we just assume the backup comes in and gets the same workload and has the same talent it's just not the case now there are some systems that produce great running backs regardless of who is back there the San Francisco 49ers for instance so I don't care who's back there. Whoever's starting, yeah, he's he's fantasy relevant. But when it comes to Christian McCaffrey and Saquon Barkley, these are elite talents. Devontae Freeman was a, a, a really good running back for many years in Atlanta, but he fell off last year. And he's had, two years ago, he had a big injury. So to think that Freeman is all of a sudden going to kickstart the, the running game that has already been struggling with the very talented Saquon Barkley I think is a little crazy. Again, I could be wrong that you know these guys come in and Freeman's fresh and he's got a lot to prove and wants to you know earn a big contract, but I'm not willing to go all in on that. So that that's my hesitation. Um, I, and Deion Lewis, he, I mean, he didn't do much in Tennessee last year. To think that all of I know he was okay in in coming in when Barkley went down, and and same with Mike Davis, he he had eight catches once McCaffrey went out. I just don't I, – I can't trust those guys. I'm sorry. I, I can't do it. So <laughs> I'm just – Mike Davis, he's bounced around. He was in Chicago. It was in Seattle. I mean, I, I he, he didn't do anything last year when he came to Carolina. So what makes us think that now all of a sudden he's going to be the guy? I guess a new coaching staff, maybe. I think, I think the Panthers will just throw the ball more. And he might catch some out of the backfield. But the idea that he's going to rush for 100 yards, I, I, would be, I would be pleasantly surprised as a Panthers fan. I'll, I'll put it that way. So my waiver wire – let, let me get to the, the questions of the week because I'll, I'll talk about my, my waiver wire in, in regards to that. So here are the big questions of the week. What happens with the, Ram, the, the L.A. Rams backfield? So I'm going all in on Daryl Henderson. So I, I spent a bunch of money on my uh, FOB, the, the waiver wire dollars, uh, on Daryl Henderson. So I, I like what I hear from Sean McVay because – Henderson is a complete back. He can catch. He can run. He's got the explosiveness. I think Malcolm Brown is limited, not to mention the injuries. And then I just think we're going to have to wait on Cam Akers. It might not be this year. It might be late in the year. So I think for the foreseeable future, Daryl Henderson will lead what is a committee at the moment, but I think he can pull away. I think he's got the potential to pull away because there was a lot of hype surrounding him last year. It never happened, but he was only a rookie and Todd Gurley was still there. And I know there's some injuries, always injuries with Gurley, but, and, and Henderson was banged up too. So I think if he's healthy and he's the healthy guy in the backfield, he's the guy I want, but that's the big question moving forward. How, how do they divvy up carries? 
Henderson made the most of his 11-12 carries and getting over 100 yards and, and, and played really well. The other backfield that's fascinating and probably just used to avoid it at this point is the Lions backfield. But what happens with Kenny Galladay coming back? He's a top receiver. Does he open things up uh, and, and keep the defense honest to where maybe now DeAndre Swift takes another step forward? They move on from Peterson. You know, how many carries will he get? And then carry on Johnson, you know, not much in week two. Uh, I think he got in the end zone week one. Will they go all in on DeAndre Swift? That's the big question there. And then the other question that I talked about earlier, Devin Singletary versus Zach Moss. You know, how do they divvy it up? And then the other one, how about Leonard Fournette? I know the Jaguars moved on from him, but what a steal for the Bucks. He was he looked very good. And I was wrong on him. Uh, he outplayed Ronald Jones. Ronald Jones did get into the end zone as well. What will that that dynamic look like the rest of the way? Will Ronald Jones become the forgotten man there? As a Ronald Jones owner, very concerning. But Fournette, I think the more that they unleash him, the potential's there. He's still a top back. But there's always been that concern with Fournette. Can you trust him personality-wise? Does he lose motivation? Maybe playing with Tom Brady will maximize what he's capable of doing. I don't own Fournette, personally. I'm not a big fan, necessarily. But from watching that game on Sunday... Yeah, he could be a threat. He could be a threat in Tampa Bay. He really could. So those are my thoughts on fantasy football this week. And each week here on the podcast, the Fantasy Football Fellowship podcast, we go to the playbook. You can order the Fantasy Football Fellowship playbook on fantasyfootballfellowship.com. It's also on Amazon. Just search the Fantasy Football Fellowship playbook. And this week's topic for uh, kind of following week two is all about surprising performances. And so, you know, guys come out of nowhere. And, and we, we talked a little bit about the one-hit wonders. We've seen, you know, surprising performances from some of the rookie running backs, from the, the Raiders. That was a really surprising performance across the board. Derek Carr looked good. We're seeing Joe Burrow play really well early. And, and for me, that was surprising. And so it, it's always fun when you have someone on your roster that you expected to be a bench player who then surprises you with a huge performance. And part of you is bummed that you had him on the bench, but you're like, oh, wow, this guy's capable of performing a lot better than I anticipated when I drafted him or when I picked him up off waivers. And so we embrace those pleasant surprises. And we see this in fantasy a lot, where you're forced to put a guy into your starting lineup because your normal starter is injured or on a bye and... Um, you put a guy in and he, he outperforms the, the projected points and, and, and blows you away with his performance. And so you're loving life as a fantasy owner uh, based on the, the surprising performance. And so when it comes to faith and when it comes to our own lives and, and when it comes to the goodness of God, there are surprise blessings that happen in life. So often God shows up in miraculous supernatural, amazing ways. And so the encouragement for us today is we can have hope and we can trust him that that he is capable of the surprising, quote-unquote, performances, uh, of coming through in you know unique ways, ways that we never expected. And, and we can feel 
you know, down and out or, or wondering what to do next. And God will show us his faithfulness. He will show us his goodness. He will pour blessings on us that we don't deserve, that we didn't expect, that we didn't anticipate. And in those moments, it, it hopefully leads us to a, a deep gratitude and appreciation, and it, it turns us to his glory and that we want to respond with with honoring him and and giving him all the credit and, and, and glory. I'll read this this part of the of the of the chapter. Uh, amazingly, God can show up by providing us with a miracle or an unforeseen provision that blows us away. Although we don't always know how he was going how he's going to move or when he's going to do something remarkable, we can confidently know that he is able to do the unimaginable. And so the Bible says, and may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now all glory to God, who is able, through his mighty power at work within us, to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. And so, you know, we we might hope that our, you know, player that we put into our lineup will score 10 points and then he exceeds our expectations. It ha- sometimes happens, it doesn't happen. But with God, we know that he is capable of accomplishing infinitely more than we might ask or think or imagine because that's how powerful he is. That's how good he is. We, we experience great joy when God delivers in times of need and struggle, uh, especially when it's in such a way that is beyond what we could ever see coming. And so while, while living in this difficult and, and unpredictable life, we can rest in knowing we serve a God who is unlimited in power. And so as Philippians 4, 7 says, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. If we're looking for a miracle, we're looking for an answered prayer, we're looking for you know, something to happen, let's continue to turn to God, let's continue to trust Him, let's continue to place our hope in Him, knowing confidently that, that He can deliver in amazing ways. And, and sometimes he, he chooses to do something differently, and, and sometimes we're, we're left waiting, we're, we're left uh, maybe wondering what what's going to happen next and and there is a delay and that's kind of another topic for another day um or sometimes you know prayers are answered in in a way that we we didn't anticipate them to be answered um and so we have to to respond when those situations happen but that's another topic today i want us to to just be encouraged that that god can and will do amazing things in our lives as we trust him as we walk with him as we depend on him each day and so look, look out, look out for them and anticipate, or I guess, uh, pray with anticipation that God is able. That's, that's the encouragement today that, that we can thank him in advance for what he's going to do, even though we don't know what it is. We don't know exactly how he's going to come through. We don't know what the surprise will be, but man, when it comes, we'll, we'll enjoy the blessing. So that's all I got for us today. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. I appreciate you listening. As always, you can get in touch with me, fantasy at unpackingit.com. I look forward to hearing from you. I'm Bryce Johnson. 
I'm a sports fan. I'm a fantasy owner who follows Jesus. And I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected. And through faith, I have been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well. And I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans and fantasy owners who follow Jesus together. Check out FantasyFootballFellowship.com, also on Facebook and Twitter, and we will talk to you next week right here on the Fantasy Football Fellowship Podcast.